0: live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Big and Fruity, a podcast for people who like a glass of wine.
1: Sit back, relax, pour out a glass of your favorite wine, and join our host, Mr. Dave AC, for the next hour, while we enjoy some nice wine.
0: man who likes a good glass of red wine, your host, Mr. Dave A.C. Ho,
1: ho, ho. Yes, and that's not a ho, 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 Father Christmas one. It's a ho, ho, ho. Uh, I'm always just getting myself sorted. Yes, I'm uh, joined in the room by Jorvik, who's not on audio. He's got visitors, so um, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the trouble to join me uh, in the text chat and uh, i will just mention something about your vic in a moment uh, but by way of explanation you can tell you can hear it in my voice i'm a little bit ragged around the edges uh yes i am uh a few things happened uh telephones went uh i had something some little emails to send off and um the wine every time I do the Big and Fruity Wine podcast? Yes, indeed, that's what you're listening to. It's Dave AC on the Tuesday edition of the Big and Fruity Wine podcast. Indeed, after some deliberation, I can firmly say that it is episode 116 of the Big and Fruity Wine podcast, and the topic for today is wine giants. And you may well think, well, if it's up to 116, you think the poor chap would have got himself organised by now. But um, I had got some of my best laid plans earlier in the evening gone to have a little bit of a relax and a cup of tea uh, about an hour ago thinking I've got plenty of time and then I'm just sitting down relaxing thinking well I'll go back on the computer in a few moments I thought oh my gosh my sugary, sugary some choice words um, I've forgotten to tweet about the show going ahead and more importantly than that The wine that I decided to go ahead with and have tasting, yes, every week when I do this I have a wine to taste, Um, I suddenly had to do a quick check and I had inadvertently not taken a photograph of it. And as I explained to Jorvik prior to the recording starting, um, I do have favourite wines that I do get and now again the uh, Castellero del Diablo's the um, the Shiraz that they do uh, the Cabernet Sauvignon they do and getting um, a lot of the Cambo V VJs it uh, quite a few of the R- Riocas, and some of the um, the supermarket's own brands Tesco's special uh, wines and so on and um, well too many names to name um but um because of this show I do try and get some different wines. I also currently, as I was explaining uh, prior to the recording, quite a number of the wines that I've got in, as as we've got nearer and nearer to Christmas, um, it's it had a sort of a weeding effect. In other words, uh, I don't usually have more than about thirty, maybe forty bottles maximum in the house. And as these last few weeks have gone by, and I've been by myself, two or three wines. And with the exception, by the way, of um, just one week in November, when it was my birthday, and I had two very, very posh wines. One bought by my brother, a really posh uh, wine that um, he gave to me. Uh, really enjoyed that, run. Um And that was um, via a site called uh, vintagewinegifts.co.uk. And also, I went out with my daughter, I mentioned this last week, and she treated me to a uh, a rather posh Marks & Spencers wine. Uh, the wines in Marks & Spencers tend to be a cut above those that you would get in the supermarket. But apart from those two wines, I've been actually sort of um, um, drinking up some of my Uh, wines that I've had in for some time, maybe even from the beginning of the year. And as I've done that, there's been a natural progression that my best wines that I've been holding back for Christmas are becoming a larger and larger proportion of that little group. And now you're thinking, well, why the heck is he telling us all this? Get on with the podcast. Well, in a roundabout way, um, before we do get on to wine giants, this is relevant because... I'm sure that a lot of the people that listen to the, this podcast, or, uh many podcasts, uh, will be themselves in the last month or two just sort of... Um, what's the word? Culling. That's the word, Jorvik. They will be culling the wines that they've got. They certainly won't want to be um, churning out any £5 bangers to uh, important family, friends and guests if they're arriving on their doorstep. Especially if they pretend to be like myself and yes i do pretend i'm not real uh, but pretend to know a little bit about wine the last thing they want to do is to put a wine in front of their friends over christmas and their friends say "Hmm, thought you knew a bit about wine this isn't up to much snuff are you are you were fobbing the your your cheap stuff off to your relative? so I hope Jorvik's laughing at this. I can't tell at the moment because, as I say, he's not an audio. But um, the point is that that culling procedure has meant that I'm down to the sort of, I've got rid of all the dead wood. Uh, and I don't mean oaky wines by that. I've got rid of all the de- uh, the dead wood. Thank you, Jorvik. Responds that he's laughing good. Hope he's not choking on his whiskey because he confided in me that he's just sipping a little whiskey at the moment. Um, more about Jorvik in a moment as well. So, um, it came down to the... And I found out that it must have been one of these wines that... Um, I'm not saying it's not worth having a photograph, but I must have just shoved it into the uh, the pantry, the cellar, where I keep my wines a little bit cooler than they would otherwise be. Hopefully, so they will keep a little bit longer. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I'm jumping out of my seat, go to my camera... Now, I've got two cameras. I've got a, a rather good... Uh, Samsung one uh, that is my main uh, camera, took some lovely photographs um, that I went to um, a wine tasting. In fact, Jorvik may have seen one of them in my um, my uh, Facebook page. I'm using it as a banner, in fact. Uh went to a wedding that my daughter was a bridesmaid at. I wonder if that Hmm, copy link location. Let's see if that goes in. I'm not sure, but perhaps Jorvik might be able to tell me. That's the banner headline on my Day They Facebook page. And it's a picture of me uh, with my uh, daughter Rosalind at this wedding. And uh, so um, I've been in this situation where I use that good camera. It takes really, you know, I think it's 12 megapixels Are Maybe even sixteen megapixel pictures, so i 've got my older equally good camera, but only it only goes up to like six megapixels um to take photographs of the wine bottles that I have, and uh, it 's easier to crop and reduce inside, suitable to using for Twitter. Of course, the battery's flat, so i 've been charging that up, and I always on my big and fruity word uh, Twitter account, put a picture of the wine I am drinking. And I haven't been able to do that until literally five minutes, ten minutes at the most, prior to going live. And I'll put the link into the room there. Now, now take a deep breath, David. That's a very, very... Um, you know, what? <laughs> if you listen to the intro where you hear Ian, the six doctor giving me an intro, this is supposed to be a relaxed 35, 40 minutes. So I'm going to now relax. We're on live, nothing else I can do about that other than to apologise that I'm not as well prepared as normal. So we will just take it as read that uh, that's where we are at. And hopefully we will wind down and relax. So let's first things first. This wine <laughs> has caused me all the trouble. It better be good after all that, hadn't it? It's not, it's a reasonably priced wine. It's actually a bit of a bargain basement wine. It's called Yellowwood Mountain Reserve. Reserve, sorry, Shiraz 2011, South Africa. It's from the Stellenbosch region, but it is no doubt it's a mass-produced wine. Now I picked a more mass-produced wine because, of course, that's the today's topic: wine giants. Now it's one step up from their basic. Uh, Yellowwood Mountain Shiraz, because it is of due let me say, the Reserva. It is um, 14% by volume, and uh, well, I think I ought to have a smell and taste, because to tell you the truth, I uh, am more than <laughs> I'm more than ready for it. And here we go. And it's got a rather earthy nose on it. More earthy nose than fruit, actually. It is an oak okay. age. Let me just, just confirm that. I don't think it says how long. Um, uh, the wine has been aged in oak, giving hints of creamy vanilla for added complexity to its long, plummy fin- finish. And as a wine, by the way, it was reduced. It's normally about um, £6, £57. So it's normally a $10, $11 wine, reduced to £5. So it's reduced to $8.
0: Let's have a sip. Oh, and actually,
1: there's quite a lot of dark fruit in that. Sometimes you get Shirazs that are more red berry, and it's more the Cabernet Sauvignon that have the the dark dark berry fruit. And this has got a, a sort of a, a slightly tartar, but it's slightly veering towards the um, black cherries than red cherries, if you know what I mean. So it's a uh, I didn't say anything about the colour. I don't often say anything about the colour, uh, but it is a lovely dark,
0: uh, almost claret colour there. Let me have another taste. Now, there is a vanilla oak flavour that's in the background
1: there, but it's... If, If I hadn't have read on the label that it says, and I'll quote again, aged in oak, uh, aged in oak. I would say this hadn't been in oak barrels. I would say this was mass produced and it's where it comes into contact with oak. Uh, And I think we've talked about that before on the Big and Fruity, uh, that you can't always take uh, what is on the label? I should I say in reverse of that, you sometimes have to take into account the things they don't say on the label, so they may have a passing reference to oak without saying you know kept in um, uh, you know uh fifty uh, percent French and fifty percent uh american uh, old uh oak casks and of course, when they say fifty percent. Uh, it doesn't mean that they've moved the wine from one to the other. It just means that um, the wine that's added to to make the final product, half of it has been kept in, say, uh, New American oak and half in older French oak or whatever. But sometimes you, you can read things where it says oak and all it means is that it's actually been in contact with oak. That might be uh, a form of oak chippings in some enormous uh, aluminium um wine making machinery. And um that wouldn't surprise me at all with this wine. Well what is it? Well it's it's basically a house red. If you got this as a house red when you were going for um a pub meal or um uh you know a meal that's gonna cost you under twenty dollars then I don't think you'd be too dissatisfied, especially if you got the glass. They would probably charge you five or six pounds for this. But if you're starting to pay any serious money if 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 you'd uh you know pulled up 20 pounds for this in a restaurant you'd be thinking
0: well they've they've hiked this a little bit so one more taste and we'll move on actually it's not too bad but it does taste as though
1: it's um manufactured wine. Now isn't that silly because all wine is manufactured but it, you do get the sense that this is not a wine with lots of subtle levels. We've got the fruit, we've got the oak, we've got the vanilla and it is it, it's, it's a fairly pleasant and reasonably tasting wine. Let me see if I can just uh, find the link that I did have. A um, couple of ones here. Uh, here we are. And I'll put this in the room. And I didn't read, by the way, I didn't read out the um, the Twitter image. But um, the easiest way to go to that, um, well, I'll read it out this time. But what's happened is TwitPic doesn't seem to be able to do it now. What you seem to have to do with pictures for Twitter is to actually put them in when you're writing the, the actual text. And you click on the little photo icon. So it's... Um, Twitter.com, Big and Fruity, forward slash status, forward slash, and we've got a long number coming, um, 407 989 140 798 44 forward slash photo, forward slash one. And I don't expect anybody to go to the trouble of typing that in, so if you go to the Big and Fruity and look for the tweet that I put out on the 3rd of December. Okay, the place I'm looking at now, and I've put the link in the room, is um, www.vivino.com, and I'm going to spell that, that's dot com forward slash yellowwood, forward slash, with dashes in between, Mountain Reserve Shiraz, Stellenbosch 2012. Um, and uh, quite a bit of information there, uh, let's see what it says. Gives it a rating of three out of five stars. Average price, there you see, uh, not disappointed there. Average price, eight pounds. And as I said, let me just check on the back of the label. Yeah, it was reduced to five pounds here in Asda supermarket. That's Walmart in the States. So you're getting a reasonable price wine at that uh, at that five pound value. Eight pounds, I'd probably feel as though I could have picked something better. Um, what else oh, well there's only one little small review there um, Nudge Stratford said packed with ripe right, blackberry and plum notes and into spice yes it is it is more on the blackberry and plum um, uh, spectrum of uh, Shiraz uh, and Stellenbosch in South Africa, I think we've all talked about where that region is and if you uh, weren't sure there is um a map at the bottom wine location, and um, it's there quite a way uh, north of Cape Town and Port Elizabeth, uh, quite far into South America. And just to mention, on this page, they also do a mountain Chardonnay, um, uh, the mountain Shiraz, and a mountain Chenin Blanc. And I would imagine that if Vic is on that page, he's thinking, oh, I might try the Chenin Blanc, Um, because I know he drinks more white wine. And let me just take this opportunity to mention now that um, hopefully, no promises, but hopefully uh, either next week or the week after, we will be having um, a 15-minute section of the Bingham Fruity given over to a little bit of information about Sherry, courtesy of Jorvik. If he can't make it, then uh, I'm sure he will uh, fulfil his promise in the new year. Uh, we probably wouldn't do that on the 24th of December, and in actual fact, just ahead of time, let me say, for the 24th of December, I may just come on for a brief season's greetings, unless I get carried away with whatever wine I have to hand, and uh, actually blabber on for a lot longer, but it may well be... That, that episode will be a short one. So episode two, uh, 117 on the 10th, 118th on the 17th, and 119th on Christmas Eve may be an abbreviated episode. So let me see if I made any more links to uh, that particular wine that I'm drinking, um, because I think at nearly 19 minutes this fella ought to get his skates on and uh, talk a little bit about the topic at hand. Now, as I said, I haven't got all my uh, links completely um hand because I um, was uh, rather uh, derailed prior to the recording. OK, let's go ahead. Well, um, what uh, this actually came about from was that... Um, I'd I'd read an article that said that um, something like only three very large conglomerates produce, you know, the vast majority of wines, especially drunk in the United States. And just to give you an idea of those, um, two two of the main ones are um, uh, Constellation, and I'll put a link in the room, and this is from there about us. This is... um, www.cbrands.com forward slash about us. And let me put the other one in and that is Accolade Wines. And this is from the wiki page. And that is wikipedia.org forward slash wiki forward slash accolade underscore wines. And accolade is spelt a-double-c-o-l-a-d-e So let's go to the... Um, And before I read that, I'm going to read one uh, more link into the room. This also is a wiki page, not the one I referred to before, but um, it's called Globalization of Wine. And this is wikipedia.org forward slash wiki forward slash globalization underscore of underscore wine. Okay, let me read um, a little bit from that. Okay, the globalization of wine is the expansion of wine varietals and brands across nations and to other continents, especially in modern times uh, as a result of the advent of air travel and access to wine information. Now, this is slightly different. This is talking about the actual uh, what has happened prior to these large conglomerates. Uh, But what has happened is because of this globalization of wine and the same varietals going, certain wine companies have got the expertise and they're selling so much internationally that they're basically having to buy in production. Um, They can't produce it all in-house except by buying and keeping um, a large number of different producers in-house. So we're just going to this globalisation of wine one first. Just to give you an idea of... um, some of the, um, the sort of the main producers, and of course, as you probably know, that um, the wine production by I think now currently is still Italy. The figures here only go as recently as 2007, but ranking the countries is Italy number one, France two, Spain three, United States four, Argentina five, China six. Now china is coming up much faster than that the reason internationally it might not do is because a lot of its wine is consumed uh, locally it's not exported um but that's just the uh, the list of the um the globalization that predates in many ways this um uh, growing um idea of these multinationals so uh Let me just, prior to that, go to one more, Um, and you can tell I'm jumping about. I'm not fully prepared. Uh, Apologies for that, but we'll go. One of the ones I wanted to mention is one of the wines that most people will have seen in their supermarkets, whether in the UK, United States, or uh, Australia, or wherever, is Ian J. Gallo Winery. I often drink wines, and they are actually, you can buy a lot of wines with the the gallo name on the bottle now they are the largest of the wine producers that as far as i know up to recently anyway were still owned as a family grown winery. in other words it's um, it still had a large family presence although i believe recently it has been uh, taken over so let me just read a little bit about this from the wikipedia page um wikipedia.org forward slash wiki forward slash e underscore and underscore j underscore gallo underscore winery. It's not very relaxing when you have to read things like that. Okay. Um, by 1993, E and J Gallo was the country's largest winery with 25% share of the American wine market um the wine brands and i'm jumping quite a way down their their page is the andre which is the best selling brand of sparkling wines in the united states Um, there's carlo rossi a brand of wine produced by ian j gallo uh, named after george uh, sorry after charles rossi uh, at the time a salesman for gallo uh, and a relation of the Gallo family, then Boone's Farm. Boone's Farm is one of their well-known uh, names. And now, of course, and you've started to see this here in the UK in the last year or two, the Barefoot Wine brand. Uh, certainly, I've noticed that in as my local as the Barefoot Wine, and I have to say I'm not yet. Sorry about this, folks, but I've not yet had a Barefoot Wine and enjoyed it. Um, it's very much to my mind uh, um, wine (laughs) yes I will give it the attribute of being wine and that's about as far as I can go with it sorry about that but let me just read what it says about barefoot wine Um, barefoot uh, is a brand whose slogan is get barefoot and have a great time uh, barefoot's winemaker Jennifer Ward produces 17 unique varietals and blends Zinfandel, Shiraz, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, White Zinfandel etc 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 barefoot has received several awards and accolades uh, fast- well, I think it's because it's got a very fun marketing and lot If you go to the supermarket, you know, it's got this flip-flop uh, type of uh, image or uh, a footprint in the sound image. And um, it, I suppose it's barbecue, easy drinking, but I must admit I'm not particularly impressed at all. And then below here on the Wikipedia page, it's got all the um, additional grounds of the Gallo Winery. And let me just read a few of these out and see if you remember. Dancing Bull. Well, I've certainly had um, uh, Dancing Bull Shiraz. What else have we got down there? Indigo Hills, Liberty Creek. I'm sure these names uh, are resonating with some people. Uh, Mac Williams. um, uh, Redwood Creek. Certainly Redwood Creek. Red Rock Winery. Uh, Tinsdale Vineyards Turning Leaf Turning Leaf is a pretty massive thing in its own right um and Wycliffe Sparkling so i mean these are what used to be one of the biggest wines but even they are now being subsumed under some of the um, the other big markets so that's um E and J Gallo Winery and uh, i'm not relaxing am i I'm talking to that I'm going to have a sip
0: of a drink. I'm sorry Jorvik, I'm not giving you a relaxing evening tonight. There we are. Okay. Wikipedia.org wiki accolade
1: underscore wines. Let's read a little bit of this. Remember when I do these I I expect you to uh, hopefully go and look. And by the way This was formerly Hardy Wine Company. Of course, Hardy, uh, a well-known brand of wines. But let me have a look at some of the accolade wines here. And I'm reading from the side panel here for the moment. And we've got Fishhook. Now, I've had Fishhook. And that's Fishhook where the hook is spelt in the German language spelling. And it's spelt H-O-E-K. Flagstone Wines. Um, Hardy's of course Horton Wines um, uh, Kumala Wines all under the same brand uh, what else is there Stowell's uh, William Hardy Yarra Yarra Byrne um, and uh, this is uh, unbelievably large and of course as I say there's, um, you can go to their own site oh, go on Thought that I copied the link correct link there. Let me put it in, and the link I'm trying to put in the room is um, www.accoladewines.com, and um, I'll just bring that into the room as well. Ready? Okay. Um, let's read what it says. Accolade Wines is a major global wine business with operations in North America, UK, Ireland, mainland Europe, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Asia. It grew from Thomas Hardy and Sons, founded by Thomas Hardy in 1853 in Adelaide to become Australia's largest winemaker. Uh, In January 2011... The company was sold, along with Constellation Europe, to the Australian Private Equity Company. In other words, that in itself had been subsumed by the Champ Private Equity and was renamed Accolade Wines. Um, it's selling some of the world's best-known brands over 80 countries. Um, the business is the largest wine company by volume in the UK and Australia, with a portfolio ranging from historic Hardies through to Kamala, the UK's number two South African wine brand includes Echo Falls, the third largest wine brand in the UK, Stoles, the number one wine brand in on premise trade, Banrock Station. Now I drink a lot of Banrock Station. Uh, I like their Matro um, uh, uh, and uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, I think it is. Uh, that is lovely. Uh, and it also has the Fish Hook and Flagstone. So an awful lot. And that um, has its headquarters in uh, South Australia. It has more than 1,700 employees in total in Australia, UK, Europe, Asia, North America and South Africa. So an enormous undertaking. And again, right at the bottom of the uh, Wikipedia page, it lists a whole uh, uh, list of those wines. So you can see, I mean, that must take up for nearly almost a third of the wines that you can buy nationally. And um, let me go to um, Constellation now. Um, And um, that's remember, is www.cbrands.com forward slash and I'm at the about us. So let's read a little bit about this. Hopefully this is not too dry reading and you, um, uh, we're doing this for the sake of just r- mentioning that when you buy a wine and you're thinking, oh, that's a lovely title. That sounds like a nice little wine producer, you know, doing his own thing, an individual wine style. Now that may well be true. It may well be that some of these very large corporations allow the winemaker to get on in the same way to produce his wines, and basically they just come under the umbrella of this large uh, thing. But there is also the fact that um, some of it you feel as though it's becoming more centralised, where they um, these very you know, like echo falls, and um, you know uh, when you start doing things like. Uh, jacobs creek wines they're selling them in such vast amounts that basically the grapes are brought in from you know hundreds of smaller wine firms and then uh, in industrial sized complexes remember i talked about one in australia a while back where they had a thousand large aluminium Containers, each of which can ha- could hold something like a hundred thousand liters of wine. It is industrial in its scale. Okay, so that's why I think you just need sometimes your head weighting to the fact that this is an enormous business. And although it's very nice to think that you know uh, some guy you know goes out with his packed lunch, you know his cheese and French bread, with his wife has done to tend his vines uh, by hand. Um, you know, with just five or ten hectares of uh, land under his own thing and he brings in seasonal pickers when he needs them. I mean, there are certainly wine producers like that, but you're probably never likely to taste their wines because they're probably producing only maybe 10,000 bottles a year. That's, of course, where things like the naked wines come in because what they can do supermarkets wouldn't take uh, a producer that can only do that, unless, of course, we're talking about the rarefied atmosphere of wines that are selling, you know, $1,000 a bottle. Um, But for wines that are only selling under $20 a bottle, supermarkets want them where they've got, you know, 10,000 outlets, and they want 1,000 bottles at each outlet. Okay, diverged again, still not relaxed, so... (laughs) Let's go on, let's get this over with. I think people wanna they'll need a drink after this podcast. Sorry guys. Okay, cbrands.com. Let's read what it says here. Constellation Brands is a leading wine, beer and spirits company with a broad portfolio of premium brands. Constellation is the world leader in premium wine, the number one beer importer and the number three beer company in the US. It includes Arbor Mist. Black Box, Blackstone, Clos Du we've heard of that. Um, what's that? Franciscan, I'm not going to read them all out. Franciscan Estate, uh, uh, Mount Vidia, Noblio, uh, that's N O B I L O, Ravenswood now, love Ravenwoods, uh, uh, Olvine, Zimth and Dell, Rex Goliath. Oh, I, must make- I can't go past Rex Goliath without mentioning Ian the Sixth Doctor. Uh, <laughs> If you can excuse me for being rude for one moment, Jorvik, and listeners, uh, he says, I'm drinking uh, my wine. Uh, you can always recognise this. It's got a big, a big cock on the front. It's got a big cockerel on the front. The Rex Goliath wines that he drinks. Robert Mundavi, uh, another very, very uh, uh, visible uh, wine brand here in the UK. Uh, Wild Horse. And then they've got some things, uh, beers, of course, like Wild Horse actually might be a beer when I think about it, Corona Extra, which is a lager, Corona Light, um, Bla- uh, Black Velvet Can- uh, Canadian Whiskey, and they've even got vodka here, Jorvik. um I'm not even sure how you pronounce that. S-V-E-D-K-A. So Constellation Brands, uh, you know, it's one of the top um, portfolio of brands, Um and, uh, as I say, with beer, wine, and indeed uh, spirits. So that's another massive one. Now, I'm going to just uh, move away from those for the moment. And I'm just going to check where I'm up to with my links. Um, yeah, um, on a wiki page called Categories Wine Companies, let's just mention some of the the, the other ones. We've got... Um, Uh, John Harveys, some some of these are subsumed by the others, of course. Um, The Wine Group, United Cellars, um, Majestic Wines, Martini and Rossi. um, Where else? I think those are, some of the others, as I say, they're all inside uh, the others. So I'm going to move away from that. And um, I'm looking at the time and I'm wondering, that's an old piece of news, so we just, just discard that for the moment. Okay, let's have a look at this one. This is talking about big winery companies rather than complete uh, uh, great conglomerates. And this is www.winecountrygetaways.com www.winecountrygetaway, forward slash. Big Winery Companies, HTML. Let's have a look what it says here for us. And uh, it just here has an actual list of some of the, the main uh, wine estates that you may have heard of. But these are the, the the lower tier of, not quality, but in terms of size. And that will give you an idea of uh, some of the ones like um, in the Terlato Wine Group, you've got uh, Chimney Walk, Rock Winery, Rutherford Hill Winery. Um, In the um, Jackson Wine Estates, you've got uh, um, Fremark Abbey Winery, uh, uh, Murphy Good Winery. uh, Most people have heard of that. And this is showing you sort of the lower tier in size. Uh, Treasury Wine Estates, including Stags Leap Winery. Um, Foley Family Wines with Firestone Vineyards Lynn Court, Sebastiani then it mentions Ian J Gallo again with uh, Bridalwood Estate Vinery, Louis Martin Napa Valley, William Hill Estates and so on so there's an awful lot of information you can get there about those uh, ones
0: and I'm just going to I'm just clearing out a couple of things here. Yeah, and I think actually I'll leave one page for um,
1: to mention and for you to explore listener and I think at the 40 minute mark in my slightly harassed state we might we might quit while well not while we're ahead but while we're not sinking too much. And this is a page to go and visit yourself and have a look. It's um, www.thedrinksbusiness.com forward slash 2013, forward slash 06. So this is from June, July is it? forward slash top 10 wine brands. And um, it lists you 10. I will just go, I think, to number 10. So the number 10 and number 9. Yes, at number 10 there. And I'll put the link in the room because it actually ends with 11 because it's got an opening page. Um, that's got the um, the Gallo family Merlot there. So uh, that's one of the top brands. <clears throat> um, let me just read a little bit from this so it gives you an idea of what sort of content of this page is. So this is the very last one it lists in these top 10 wine brands. Um, volume in two thousand and twelve uh sixteen million uh nine litre cases and of course we can do the maths can't we? Nine litre cases, three quarters of a litre to bottle, that means a case of twelve bottles. So for the gallo we're talking about sixteen million cases. Sixteen million cases. Unbelievable. With the sales split fairly be e- fairly evenly between its domestic and export markets, Gallo continues to invest heavily, not just in following trends, but in creating them. 2012 saw the brand claim a 42 share of the U.S. Moscato market that leapt by 73% the previous year. On the back of his, this success, Gallo launched its 8.5% Gallo Moscato in the UK as a part of our plan to invest more money in Moscato than we have ever invested in any single product launched in the UK. I mean, let me just see. Let's pick another one at random. I think, actually, there's got a Ravenswood here somewhere. Oh, we've got some... Since we've got your Vic in the room, let's go to number eight. And this is um, a white wine, and it's... um, Listed as page nine, and it is um, Hardy's estate, and um, it's showing a. It's um, very not clear to see there, but it looks like a a Chardonnay there. The the uh, the print on the bottle is very yeah uh, Chardonnay, I think. Fourteen million nine liter cases. 160 years after its inception in south australia the hardies label can be found in more than 80 countries across the globe and is the biggest selling australian wine brand in the uk so again we've got 10 of those we could almost spend a whole show just on those i just want to find that raven's wood one um i'm just going to click on one more let's see what we've got oh no we'll go with this one this will do we'll finish on this folks And this is uh, page 8, but it's listed as number 7 in this list of top wine brands. And that is, because I just love saying it, Jorvik, it's Catilero del Diablo, Cabernet Sauvignon. And do you know what? Although I've opened this um, uh, Yellowwood Mountain Reserve Shiraz, I've actually got half a bottle of Catilero del Diablo Cabernet Sauvignon from Chile opened and I might actually um, go back and finish that off and save the rest of this uh, yellow wood for tomorrow. They produced 13,640,000 9 litre cases uh, and they in 2011 were the second ranking uh, wine production. Uh, In its 2012 flagship, Casalero del Diablo grew by 8% to hit global sales of 3.4 million cases, boosted by strategic partnership with Manchester United. Well, how good is that? Since I'm uh, in Manchester. Uh, The growth has been even stronger in the super premium category with a volume increase of 21%, driven by the Marx de Casa Concha and the introduction of grand Reserver syrah Rab- rabirus in the u s um uh, i'm sorry for mashing that name up, so that is great in fact i'm enjoying this i'm getting i'm uh, i'm enjoying myself now uh Jorvik, so let me just see i'm sure raven would oh number five is yellow tail well, again i'm not really that uh I'm not really that struck on yellow tame white, yellow tame wines, yellow tame wines. At uh, number seven uh, is uh, Robert Mondavi. I'll just go quickly through them. At uh,
0: Beringer at number eight. At uh, Lindemans. Now I uh, I love the Lindemans. Uh, uh
1: BIN 50 uh, Shiraz, that is excellent. But it's showing the reserve Limestone Coast Merlot here. 7 million 9 litre cases. And let's see what the first one is, which of course will be the 10th. And that is Jacobs Creek, which we mentioned. Uh, so at number 10, uh, and it goes up higher, that's 6.9 million cases Um, that they produce of Jacobs Creek
0: and here they're showing their reserve Pinot Noir. Um, Let's have a look. The brand's true character campaign continues to develop linked with its association
1: of international tennis events by a partnership with Andre Agassi. Brand owner Purno Riccardi that uh, and, of course, you can check uh, jacobscreek.com. So, l- actually, that is probably what could have performed perhaps a better uh, page to just go to. With the cult- collective Jorvik, we often go through lists, but this is the com forward slash 2013 forward slash 06. Look out in Google for top 10 wine brands Have a look through that list. Lots of information. So the the 10th highest produces nearly 7 million cases. The highest one is producing 16 million cases of wine. Okay, I'm going to end there. Next week, not exactly sure how we're going to break down the topic, but we are building up to Christmas. In either next week's show or the week after, we will talk about some Christmas wines and maybe have a... um, a piece from Jorvik about Sherry, but um, we no promises on that. That may hang over into the new year. So with that, I'm going to thank Jorvik for staying with me. Hope he's enjoyed sipping his wine. Hope I haven't got his nerves too much on edge with my rather ragged delivery today, and all things will be back to normal. I shall be chilled out, mellowed out, and uh, more prepared next week. Thank you ever so much for listening, everybody. Let's play our Jazz Safe Music outro. Bye for now.